What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Black Men Unlearning. I'm your co-host, Kyle Brooks. And I'm your co-host, Edwin Lee. And on today's episode, we are dealing with the critical topic for, I believe, a lot of people, the idea of legacy. What does it mean to us? What are we trying to build? What are we trying to leave behind? How do we want to be remembered? There are a lot of things that come up for us in the idea of legacy that relate to the kinds of lives we're living, the choices we're making, the kinds of uh, decisions that are before us. And today, we're just going to dig in and think a bit about what are we doing and why? And what do we want others to see us doing? What do they want? What do we want others to remember us having done or having been in the world? So I think we could maybe start off just with a just a little bit of conversation about what do we mean by legacy? What does legacy mean for us? How do we define that term? I think in a lot of conversations that I've had about legacy, they they tend to focus on capitalistic items or um, you know thinking about leaving money behind to your your kids or property. Um, and so I, I looked up the definition. I just Googled the definition of legacy. And I was surprised that the that the first definition is a gift by a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property. And then the second definition is something transmitted by or received from an, an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. So I in my mind, I had those flipped and didn't realize that, you know, legacy is actually primarily defined as you know what you get from a will like what your 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 birthright is or what have you um but i also think that in our conversations there's a lot of ego built into how we talk about legacy um you know i understand where some of that comes from if 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 you grew up not having enough, then shifting the trajectory of your family means a lot. And being responsible for that is, is important. I, I can certainly understand that. I think it's, I think sometimes in the desire to make sure that we're shifting the physical circumstances that we deal with, whether it be monetary or like the the the, the literal places that we live or uh, just what opportunities we have access to. I think that the focus on that draws us away from the other ways that we can think about how we leave a legacy. I absolutely agree. Ego becomes such a challenging and often terrible motivation for making choices and decisions that we might otherwise not if we were focused on what brings joy and not just what produces the right kind of legacy, the right kind of inheritance. The the concerns of how we survive and not just survive, but thrive in this, in this life and in this world are important. One of the ways that uh, legacy has taken on so much meaning for me, uh, particularly was related to, uh, to school, specifically to, to undergrad. And I had friends who worked in uh, the admissions department as student recruiters. And one of the things that gets talked about are the different conditions under which people get accepted to colleges and universities. Those who uh, are athletes, those who are you know, artists and musicians, people who have these various talents and gifts, those who are uh, academically very inclined. And of course, 
a big population, especially in you know the kind of school I attended, legacies. The idea of you get a leg up, you get some bonus points in this consideration because someone you knew went to this school before you did. And by virtue of that, you are now looked upon in a different light. So like this idea of even legacy sometimes being a thing that we benefit from, not because of our own doing or our own labor, but because somebody else did something. So a thing that isn't even necessarily about what we deserve, but just about what we're privileged to receive. And in some ways, it's not just about, uh, well, for me, it flips this, this conversation of ego because I say, well, how much of an ego should I have one about things that I didn't deserve or earn, things that I was just born into, things that were just kind of given to me or landed in my lap, but also, I ask myself, you know, what does it mean to think differently about the question of what am I working for? What am I living for? Because it's still it, whatever legacy we leave behind, even if it's a legacy influenced or inspired by uh, trying to make it in this capitalist rat race, it doesn't end or shift the larger circumstances. It's simply a way of trying to maneuver and navigate or strategize for me and mine. What also comes to mind here for me is a desire to control the circumstances that are otherwise outside of our control. So, so much of what we conceive of as legacy building has to do with future outcomes of which right we can we can vision cast we can have plans but we all recognize like there's only so much that we can control about these outcomes now that's not to say there's nothing that we can control but there are a lot of factors that are just outside of our ability to 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 just make come true right i think in in trying to control that we also i think try to set the parameters for those who come behind us so mm -hmm. we don't we don't we don't dictate that our what our, what our children will do with what we leave behind for them we 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 don't necessarily have control over that but i think in many of these cases we have a thought that the mantle will be picked up and that the, the some of the same things will be done with it. The 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 same ideals will be valued. The same kinds of choices will um, be made in order to protect this and build upon the legacy. There will be some denial of self for the bigger picture, which I think requires us to deny in in pursuit of sustaining some of these legacies it requires us to ignore some of the things that we want and and for those who come behind us to also fall into the pattern of getting away from what they want so when you said the part about legacies being um admitted to an institution one of the things that comes to mind for me is does that kid even want to go there is that even what they want right even when we think organizationally, right? So um, I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. If I have a son, you know, you want, I want to show my son some of the things that I'm interested in, some of the, tell, tell him stories about why uh, I fell in love with what I fell in love with and what I pursued and, and, and give them access to all of the things I had. But for me to dictate to my son to have the same, to make the same choice I made is, is there, there is beauty in that. I can, I, I see it when I see several generations, you know, one of, one of my students um, is a, a third generation member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. So I see the beauty in that. Mm -hmm. But I I also 
see the value of making sure that we have a choice in in what we pursue, that we don't just kind of pigeonhole folks into doing it exactly how we set it up for them to do um, so that they can they can create their own thing. And I realized that that has some some larger consequences when you talk about family businesses or you talk about what happens with grandma's house or all of these other things, right? Like, but I I think it's I think it's really difficult when we force folks away from what's unique within them in pursuit of sustaining a thing that they never necessarily asked for as well. Man, you you made you made such an excellent point there. This question of whether or not the people we're doing this for, quote unquote even want the thing we're trying to do for them. It it occurs to me the ways that, and I don't think this is necessarily on purpose or out of a malicious intent, but I think about how often for parents, there can be this idea of I'm doing these things to set up my kids, to establish a legacy, to make sure, you know, the road is smoother, the, the way is paved. And I'm like, Yes, I do think it is part of our responsibility to one another and caring for each other to make the load a little lighter, to do the work that ensures that those who come after us will have different choices and different opportunities, different possibilities that we didn't necessarily have. It also means acknowledging that they are going to do with those things what they choose. Yes. So if, if our idea is we want to set them up for greater flourishing, greater liberation, we have to be willing to give them the space and room to operate in ways that may not look like our grand vision. It may not look like here's the legacy I want for my offspring, for my kids, my grandkids, my whoever. And the pressure to fulfill this very narrow idea of legacy can honestly become crushing and quite often produce the precise opposite effects. Because what I know, and particularly from, I think about like my work with, when I used to teach high school, one of the things I came to understand was you can't make these kids do anything. Like you can, but you can't. Right. And what happens when you make them do certain things, that are you know not not of their own free will there's on one hand there's a kind of negotiation that has to happen but there's also a resentment that builds if there is no negotiation and if there's no care in the way that you help them understand okay you don't have a choice about everything you got a choice about some stuff but there are some things in which, you know, in that classroom, me as Mr. Brooks, I'm going to lay down the law. This is what it's going to be. But like there's a way to do that that isn't about coercion, that isn't about forcing, that isn't about trying to get someone to bend to your will. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about this in terms of, you know, setting up legacies and creating these expectations for, well, this is who your family has been, and this is who your people are, and this is where you come from. So this is what you have to be. Sometimes it's really just about, well, this is who we want to remain, and this is how we want to be remembered, and this is how we want to be known, and you ain't going to mess up what we've worked so hard to put together. Mm -hmm. You ain't going you ain't to go out here and, you know, sully our family name or, you know, go out here talking about, listen, you know, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a professor. You're going to be like, you're going to do, you know, engineer. You're going to do, you're going to do this narrow set of things that we understand as respectable, as we, that we understand as meaningful, that we understand as signifying value to and for others. And I'm like, bruh, if everyone operated that way, there are so many beautiful possibilities we would never realize and never pursue. And so, you know, there's something to be even said for the egocentrism that has to be moved out of the way so that we give folks space to 
use an inheritance, to use a legacy, to use what they receive in their own way. Yeah. I, I, this also makes me think about how this, this forward thinking, this establishing a, a way that things should be done. When, when you spend so much time looking forward, it inevitably pulls your attention from the present. And, and when you're not there, there, when you're not focused on the present, there are ways, there, there are kinds of legacy building that you are not engaged with. And part of that is like the developing relationship so that those who come behind you will understand and have a stake in what you're building. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, and, and, and not for the, not for the purpose of, of coercing them into doing it the same way, right? Like, giving them ownership, giving them insight, but giving them the ability to choose. I, I think it's 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 really wild for us to feel like our our lives have to produce things that have to exist for all time. I understand, I understand wanting things to to last beyond just the time that we're here but the idea that it has to just like last into perpetuity that's 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 pretty that's that's pretty out there that's pretty wild it's it's egocentric right like yeah you're not you're not you you most of us are not thinking about four generations in the past right and not that they didn't have like a direct effect on where we ended up today. They absolutely did. Like I, one of the kind of more poetic things that I've encountered is this thought that, you know, every time God blessed my grandmother, like mm-hmm. he was, ble- or I'm trying to get away from using pro- male pronouns to refer to God, but every time God, was blessing my grandmother god was also blessing me like Uh those blessings had a direct effect on where i ended up because the provision for her allowed her Mm -hmm. to sustain in a way that made the next generation possible and so when we think about it in that way like it's infinite blessings. <laughs> like it's 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 innumerable blessings that allowed us to be where we are. And so mm-hmm. it's 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 very it's very self-centered to get into uh, a mindset of feeling like we have to have it be a certain way. It has to operate in this way that we have designed. Our design matters so much when I, I realize that that we are we we are some of the first in our lines that maybe for a very long time that have had the ability to make some decisions about how things go, which Man. also alludes to why we want to control these things. But the the problem is like we miss out on being in, in our in our desire to control things that are out of our reach. We miss the things that are right within our 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 locus of control, right next to us. Things that we can affect right now, because we're so focused on building into this future. And you 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 touch on something that I think is very critical, namely how this idea of the pursuit of legacy often takes us out of the moment keeps us from being present to here and now. If every if everything we do is future oriented, it often keeps us from seeing what's beautiful and what's present it, it, rather than always anticipating the next. Like what happens if I maintain a beautiful relationship to the here and the now? something that that uh hit me i was i was thinking you know along the lines of the poetic man 
the the verse from uh from the outcast classic equimini you know even the sun goes down heroes eventually die horoscopes often lie and sometimes why nothing is for sure nothing is for certain nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtains it's him and i equimini and the older i get the more i like listen to that verse it hits me differently because there's an acknowledgement in this, right? Like they're wrapping this as young yeah. men, right? Like young men who are now like a decent bit younger than I am right now, right? Than we are right now. Right, right. And, and there's an acknowledgement in those words that, man, none of this lasts forever. So like, get it right now. Moving your strength right now. Take your risks right now. And there's the an curtain. acknowledgement of a lack of control too. Yeah. Until they close the curtain. Yeah. Right. It's like I, I, I'm I'm on the stage, but I ain't got my hand on the curtain. And for me, whenever I whenever that curtain call comes, I want to meet it with with a readiness, with a preparation, with an acknowledgement that, man, you know, <laughs> for all the things I can't control. You know, uh, shout out to Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I don't want to. I don't want to leave this mortal experience. Leaving stuff on the table. And, and part of what I recognize is that in the desire to produce the right, quote unquote, kind of legacy. To do the right thing, to do the respectable thing, the thing that everyone expects the thing that'll make other people happy it's like bruh as far as i know we got one life that we get to live and if i'm not happy with it bruh what was the point because the people and this is I, I i i was looking at a friend of mine sent sent me this this clip this video of this man talking about you know what happens after you die and specifically talking about the way that like okay you know when you when you die you know they'll have your funeral and they'll people will weep you know your family will you know have their words and your friends and people will come and they were like and you know and some people won't be able to make it because of other events or conflicts and a couple hours after that funeral you know your family's going to be you know sitting down to eat somewhere some people are going to scatter, leave, you know, a few months down the road, you know, one of your family members is going to watch a TV show and laugh at something. And in that moment, right, they won't be thinking about your death, but they'll be in the moment laughing at what's on the screen. And a year from now, folks will say like, oh, wow, it's been a year already. And they might commemorate that moment. But then the more and more time that passes, there are fewer and fewer people who even remember yeah. that you lived. Yeah. Much less have a kind of grief relationship to your living and to the life and the legacy, right? That was left behind. So it's so it's like despite our best intentions or whatever we might desire or imagine, it's like, bruh. We we live officially now on a planet with eight billion people. Eight billion people alive right now, not to mention all the ones who have lived and died. Right. So it is honestly a great deal of hubris <laughs> to imagine that any one thing I'm doing makes all the difference in the world. And that's not to say live carelessly or live callously. But it is to say, like, yo, we maybe need to, like, rethink this idea that everything is riding on us getting it exactly right. Yeah. I'm just like, because, because one, if that were the case, like, well, bro, I've already. Call me Reynolds. It's a wrap, baby. Like, it's done. <laughs> but for me, like. Part of part of part of, part of what I've had to learn or rather unlearn is this notion that like, if my life is not ordered, 
<laughs> you see that uh if my life is not ordered or structured or mapped out in a certain way that it's not fruitful it's not productive it is not worthy or honoring of those who came before me and what they've offered me um because like i i can be real and say that there are aspects of my life that do not look like what my parents would have imagined or what my grandparents would have imagined at the same time it's not like they could say i slacked off or like blew my chance it's like bro i earned a phd went to some pretty good schools gainfully employed as a professor like i like you know we're we're not we're not we're not slouches out here but even in the midst of that there's the pressure to, for 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 things to look feel to sound a certain way and i'm like well man like isn't part of legacy like we build something new on the foundation we've been given and the other part is you talked about the just the fragility of our lives in 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 that commentary that i think the the thing that's wild is like we we know that we we're not going to get to necessarily enjoy whatever we leave behind or like how it affects other people like we're as far as we know we we don't get any insight into that so the idea that we're we're doing it for our ego it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and that we would do it do this legacy building in a way that takes us away from being present in the moment it 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 feels wasteful but i also think that a lot of times this focus on building a legacy is an avoidant practice mm -hmm. in terms of avoiding the now of things because if you are if if we shift legacy building from a future focus to a present focus then mm -hmm. it requires us to deal with where we are today and what we have to do today um and it takes the long-term lens off of things because i think the long-term lens takes pressure off of us when we when we tell ourselves you know i will have joy or i'll be happy when i finish this degree or when i get this next job or you know whatever the thing is then we don't have to deal with why we don't have that happiness and joy or fulfillment right now. We don't have to deal with the obstacles that are keeping us from living fully today or contend with what stands in the way of us pursuing what we really want. We can always put it into this, this thing that's far off and spend more of our energy on on things that truthfully we have less control of because we just don't know what what factors will shift in terms of our future so i think i think when we when we have to look at ourselves i think when we or when we have to focus on the present or or living presently so that we are actively building a legacy on a daily basis that that forces us into answering hard questions and maybe facing some things that are uncomfortable to face in a way that putting it off into a, a future tense doesn't corner us or corral us into right for sure um i'm reminded of um the words man i think uh it's tony morrison writing in the book song of solomon if you want to fly you got to give up the stuff that weighs you down i'm fairly certain she used a different word but you know we're gonna keep it uh keep it clean for the airways i mean but, we already uh, got the explicit tag because of one of our other episodes so <laughs> this is true this is true <laughs> um but yeah like it's it's there there's so there's something real about like when you 
when you when you're trying to fly <laughs> you got to deal with like oh what's actually weighing me down what's keeping me grounded what is uh impacting the gravity that keeps me stuck to this earth um i i believe too in our particular era of life and in this world i think now folk folk I mean, folk are really going through it. I was reading a report uh, from CNBC about uh, how more than half of Generation Z lives at home with their parents. Mm -hmm. And like what it means for folk who are young adults trying to make their way in the world, you know, trying to fly and feeling like, yo, I got a lot of stuff weighing me down and that can be a hard thing when you when you fixate on like what's happening in the moment um or not even fixate but you just become very clear about the real material circumstances that impact your life and you realize oh this is a barrier this is a boundary this is an obstacle this is a challenge and what i'm certain of is that um as the saying goes, you know, not everything um, that we face can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it is faced. And so whatever ideas and thoughts I have about the life I want to live and create and build and dream, and I believe like that's what we got to do. Like sometimes the, li the life the life we really want is a thing we're going to have to imagine and dream and build. Because sometimes for, for all the things that were left to us, the inheritances that were given to us, the legacies we received, they also are limited in that they are built from the perspective of a person who could not see where we were going. Mm -hmm. They could imagine, right? They could leave us some tools, some materials to build with, but we had to build the thing. We had to draw up the game plan, draw up the blueprints and work out the architecture of our lives and working that out in real time was like, yo, this is a, this is more than a notion. It's not, you know, it's, it's building from the ground up. It ain't moving into a prefabricated situation. And so what, what I, what I sit with for myself is the tension between uh, my imagination of how things ought to look and the reality of how things look right now. So like when stuff is in process, you know, it'll look like it's going to look at the end. I think about when you catch, you ever, you know, been at the barber and you catch a glimpse in the mirror of what your hair is looking like <laughs> midstream. It's like, bro, the fade ain't faded yet. Like <laughs> right now it's that sharp line. It is just like bald and then dark right. <laughs> and like you still waiting for the adjustments right that that like get that proper blend and for me man in so many in so many ways like life <laughs> i think sometimes it's like look looking at our lives and our concrete circumstances man it's like looking at the fade halfway through like it takes time to blend it right and i know this because my brother is a barber and like he's meticulous he's very like precise with it and and there's an art to it right it's not just the like, and I and I learned this, you know, from learning a bit how to cut my hair during the pandemic. It was like you can you can have the like the the steps that you go through the process to okay, this is how you go from like, you know, looking kind of shaggy, like, you know, getting it getting it together, you know, going from like you know hey, maybe can I take you out later to like, hey, I'll be there at seven, right? Like that, 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 the, the way, the way you get from one thing to the next is not just a, like there are steps to it, but it's also like, yo, you got to figure out what works for your situation. It means everybody's head ain't shaped the same way. Everybody's hair don't grow the same way. So like everybody want the same fate, but we ain't going to have the same process. And for me, this is part of like, where like looking at your situation is necessary. You need to be able to see what your stuff is. Cause I guarantee this for all of the legacies people want to leave. They also left us some stuff. That we don't want. That we don't want. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I so uh, a couple things there. You you what you highlighted is having this deep understanding of yourself. Mm. But I think what what has to be built into that is the idea like we're not static. We don't just stay the same. Right. So the idea that our whatever we're building will be this one thing that we know it's going to have a this form and and this shape and it will forever forever be that way that that doesn't make a lot of sense there 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 needs to be space for things to be dynamic there needs to be an opportunity for shifting and changing and that deep understanding of self requires us to to kind of commune with ourselves and with so on an on an earlier episode we talked about our containing multitudes right like each of us having multiple authenticities right like all these different parts of us what was that episode i feel like i should reference it maybe i'll put it in the in the show notes um um but yeah so as I think about that, part of what I, I think about in terms of containing multitudes is not just in the sense of all the authenticities that I express, but it's also all the versions of me that exist within me. Yes. So there's 10-year-old Edwin, there's 20-year-old Edwin, there's 30-year-old Edwin. And and there's many more, but thinking of those three. There are com completely different views of the world, expectations, dreams, traumas, understanding, frustrations, anxieties, and all of those things are still somewhere within me. Mm. I My understanding of some of them has shifted. My ability to conceive of them, um, how much I've actually felt in terms of the the feelings that I've dealt with has changed, but all of it's there and all of it influences how I got to this place. And I think the, 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 this puts an emphasis on how important the present is because every day a part of me shifts into the past. Yeah. Every day a part of me joins like that multitude of self that exists within me. It's almost like, you know, you think of, of we, we talked about this, you know, before the show, but like you think about the, the ancestors, right? And how we, we have this, this legacy of folks who came before us who have, um, loving and good intentions for us that lived lives that made it possible for us to be here. And I would say within all of us, the, the, the inner child, the inner adolescent, the inner young adult, the inner 20 something that doesn't know as much as they think they know, all of those parts of us are still there. All of those perspectives are still within us and they and they still play into how we perceive our world and how we experience it. And so it's important for us to 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 be mindful and, and to notice and to and to. To value now. Because now has an effect on how I'm going to think in the future now is shaping like who I become. So it's it's so important to lock into that that knowing ourselves and knowing ourselves deeply and understanding the 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 factors that have made us tick since way back when so that we can understand why we we're, we move how we move and what we are really trying to move into. It struck me as you were describing this idea of 10-year-old, 20-year-old, 30-year-old Edwin. 
that we ourselves are always living in the legacy we've been establishing from the jump. And we didn't know it at the time. But now I look back at all the things, all the experiences, the choices that younger me left for older me to reflect on. Yeah. To learn from. In the moment, I didn't really, you know, you don't know entirely what you're doing and what kind of impact it has. You like, I look back at myself and I think to myself, actually, I, I will say this. When I look back at myself, I have so much more compassion for myself. Because I, I look back at me and I realize how much I did not know and could not know. Mm -hmm. I had, I had a, and I think I might have talked to you about this before. I had, I had a conversation with a former partner from like years, years, years back when I was like, you know, still young, young and tender, <laughs> right? And um, there, but like, what was interesting about it was in our conversation, I, I was, I was saying to her how you know, with the passage of time, I have so much more compassion for who we both were then. And how in the moment, what you perceive as unfair or hurtful or, you know, how could you do this? How could you say that? With the passage of time and with the accrual of experience, I look at those situations now and I'm like, Man, I have so much compassion for who those young people were and how they were trying to figure it out. And like, I don't have to look on them and say like, oh, you should have known better. You should have done better. It's like, man, they did what they knew to do. And then I remember that even those who have planned things for me those who have left things for me, those who had grand dreams and designs and imaginations of who I would be and what I would become and what I would do. They were also working with what they had, mm -hmm. what they knew. And so I don't have to live in resentment or reaction or rebellion to everything. I can acknowledge that I am who I am in part because of what the folk before me left behind. And whether they got everything right or not is irrelevant to the point that they got something right because I'm here and I'm being me and I'm doing me. And that is a that is a gift, right? Like that is a gift of legacy. Like somebody put in the work that made possible your presence. I, I will never forget um, sitting in um, th this, this event, uh, this sort of like tea with uh, Nikki Giovanni. Mm -hmm. She had come to campus and um, had read some of her poetry and had spoken, you know, with us students. And I was literally sitting, uh, we're in like, you know, the uh, mm -hmm. one of the, the head, head of one of like the residential, you know, uh, colleges and um, in this like really nice, like sort of like, you know, living room kind of entertainment area space, right? And a bunch of us students crowd in here and she's sitting in this easy chair and I'm literally sitting on the floor, like at her feet, right? And I remember her saying to us, somebody dreamed you. Somebody dreamed you. And that has stuck with me, man, right? It's like somebody helped make you possible. Mm -hmm. And so I can't move with a contempt for like, oh, how dare you make me possible? It's like, fam. Like this presence, this moment is a gift and it's not a gift we produced on our own, right? But now it's the thing that like, you know, we've inherited. Now we've got to uh, make something of it. And it can be scary when we realize both like the power of that gift, but also the, the limitations, man, where it's like, yo, you don't know how long you have this gift and you can't just, do any and everything like yo stuff has consequence yeah. stuff has weight 
So, you know, those kinds of like ideas, man, like have profoundly shifted even this idea of what I think I'm leaving behind. But also just like, man, you know, a kind of gentleness with myself and for others, like, because this life doesn't come with an instruction manual. Now, I'm sure somebody will say, well, well, you know, the Bible, I'm like, eh, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. There's <laughs> plenty, plenty, plenty of plenty of ethical, right? A whole other episode. Of <laughs> My, there are plenty of moral and ethical frameworks by which we can live, but how we actually deal with the nitty gritty of our lives, like yo, that stuff, like man, we we all figuring it out. Yeah, I I think that. Um... If I'm if I'm honest about how I treat or how I have treated my present, I think I have particularly particularly in these last couple of years, I have been really desirous of of distraction. And it's it's hard. It's hard to do much building when you're always looking for an, an out or an escape. Um, so you know this. I, I took a social media break. I'm off um, for at least the rest of the year. Um, but a big part of what I what I realized is there was there was just way too much taking in. And, and unfiltered taking in. Mm -hmm. And there was too much of me seeking out this, all of the, taking in all of this information and not really spending time with myself and, and my own truths, right? Um, when, in, in the first, in the first, you know, 10 days, I recognized that I I was still using my phone a lot. Um, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, having games on the phone and 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 you know, at some point I installed another app and was messing around with it. And then I I became aware of the fact that I I was doing that. I was like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you looking for mindless things to get lost in? Yeah. And I took, I, I, I deleted it. And I've been doing a lot better job this week of just like putting it down. And I think it's all in pursuit of this desire to be more present, to be mm -hmm. more focused on what's happening right now, to not look for a way to be transported somewhere else, but to, to contend with the now of things and how I can bring forth what I want today, how I can live in a way that brings, um, that, that builds toward what I would like, how I would like things to be not just with this idea of like how it's going to be in the future and how how much better things will feel when it is that way but living in a way that makes me feel satisfied with with my present and happy about how I'm using my time we talked oh, a, a good little while ago almost embarrassingly long ago about me uh needing to pick up writing and I have I have been writing for these last few uh these last few days i've been on it and i've been surprised by what has been able to come out and i think part of it is because like it's it's quiet there's there's something to be said for not taking in the thoughts of hundreds of people every day so um in terms of, of how we work to build, I think that this really just starts with us getting really in tune with what's 
within us in the first place. Mm -hmm. Man, it's like, what do you, what do you hear when you get really quiet? What do you become aware of when you stop striving for an experience or a distraction and you just rest in where you are? Mm -hmm. And like you said, sometimes, sometimes we start seeing the things we don't want to see. We get really in tune with our tendencies um, Because I, I, I was sitting here hearing you describe that, that experience of finding yourself restlessly searching for something to do, to distract. And, and, I, and I realized I was having that same experience this week. And I got to a point where I said, okay, you know what? Log out of these things. Stop compulsively checking stuff that's not changing or stuff that like, man, you, you don't need, none of this is urgent. And I realized so much of the time and energy and mental and emotional space to do the things that my, my soul would really be satisfied by is available if I start letting other stuff go. If you want to fly, you got to let go of the stuff that Come weighs on. you down. And some burdens have become comfortable for us. Yes, that's the part. And if we've inherited any legacy, sometimes it's the legacy of being burdened by all the stuff we are told matters mm -hmm. that honestly doesn't carry nearly as much weight as we think it does. And like that for me, I think is the is the gift, man, we can give ourselves. Like what happens when we free ourselves of this idea that there's just one right way to do this life or free ourselves from the idea that our hopes and our dreams are irrelevant and the only thing that matters is doing what's pleasing for everybody else there there's so there's so much joy i'm waiting to tap into again that I know is on the other side of like letting go of the distractions, letting go of the falsehoods and uh, tapping into uh, like we talked about with uh, uh, oh man, Ryan Coogler, right? This idea of the truth that you're trying to really convince other people to believe in too. It's like, if I don't know what the truth is, what the point is for myself, man, all of this is just going to seem like an endless struggle and a fruitless struggle. So, you know, that's, that's where I think my, you know, my, my energy, my mindset, my spirit is feeling this orientation towards like, man, you know, don't be so fixated on legacy building that you forget to dwell in and savor the life from which a legacy emerges. Like, what if your legacy is that you lived a life you chose, not just a life by default? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to put a transition. We will come back with our really breast segment right after this. All right. So our really bruh this week is going to focus on Black Panther Wakanda forever. Now, don't worry. We're not going to drop any spoilers. We're not barbarians. We, we know better than that. And we're also not focused on making sure that you saw it the first weekend that it came out. But both of us have seen the movie. Um, and watching the movie made me think a, a little bit about 
the recast T'Challa, I'm going to say topic because I don't know that there was really that many people that were on it enough to call it like a movement, but just the idea that uh, the character T'Challa should have been recasted in the wake of uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, death. Um, and so there is a uh, new podcast called Wakanda Forever, the official Black Panther podcast, um, for which the first episode dropped, I guess, this week. And ta Coates is actually, in that first episode, interviewing Ryan Coogler. And so I listened to it, and I thought, I mean, you, you got to go listen to this episode. Like, it was really incredible. Um, it's a very raw discussion, and I won't give everything away, but there is a quote that I think is really important. And so I'm going to share that here. So um, Ryan, Ryan is uh, responding to a question uh, from Coates, and he says uh, the following quote, I don't think people fully appreciate any job that's not their own. And I'm going to pause the quote because I think it's important for me to note, to note here that this is a response to the question of recasting T'Challa. And so he says, I don't think people fully appreciate any job that, that's not their own. The true day-to-day -day of my job is several hundred days of long days of getting other professionals to believe in ideas that I find truthful. I have to believe in something enough to go convince other professionals to believe in it as well for an extended period of time. The moment that I stop believing in what I'm doing, whatever end product that I'm putting out is cooked. My truth was Chadwick was gone in the physical sense. In the world that we created over the years, he was the guy. For somebody else to be him, for us, in the world that we created, we wouldn't have believed it. No matter how good the actor was, it would have been lacking the necessary truth for us to do a good job. Truth is the well that we pull from as artists. And I just thought it was an incredible quote for a lot of reasons. And so he goes on to say some other things, go listen to the, the podcast episode, but for, for really brother this week, I think it was really important to address, you know, how something like the recast T'Challa thing misses the mark in, in, in the assumptions that it makes the assumptions that um, this can only be read as being a negative or a loss in terms of there being a black male superhero um, who is um, kind of carrying the mantle, if you will, uh, for everyone to see uh, how 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 we look when we're depicted this way. And I think that that was a lot of what the criticism was in the recast T'Challa uh, topics and comments and posts. Um, but that when with that criticism, there's so much else here that was missed that that Ryan Coogler actually alluded to in his comments. Man, so as I think about that, that that idea of for him as a director carrying a truth that he's trying to convince others to buy into, to make this believable, to make this artwork on the screen. The thing that strikes me is, well, if if there is an art to creating a life, then that that life we're creating is cooked if there's no truth in it. If we don't believe in the thing we're striving for, the thing we're doing. And I'm sad to say, I think a lot of folk do not believe in the legacy they're trying so hard to make. The thing they're trying so hard to leave behind is like, mm, we don't believe you. You need more people. And you might need more people to tell you like, eh, this ain't really you, is it? Like, this ain't really, is this really what you want? Is this really the vision you have? And, and, I, and I'm struck by the fact that for, for many, right, this idea of, or just, you know, recast T'Challa is all about their idealized vision of how the story plays out. Yeah. Rather than an understanding of the relationships the connection, the community that goes into making a thing possible, 
right? So the story isn't just about these interchangeable pieces. It's actually about the, the, the uniqueness, the sui generis nature of pieces that can't just be plugged in or replaced. Like, is everyone in your life just interchangeable? Like, no, folks play roles, folks have histories, folks have stories. You think about everything that, like what ends up even on the screen of a movie is just a sort of curated version of the whole span of life and practice and connection and engagement from which the product emerges. So for me, man, like it's such a powerful statement to say and to recognize the truth you have to honor even when others are trying to push you to do the thing that makes them more comfortable, that makes them more satisfied. Uh, like I'm, 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 I'm wary sometimes of the way folks toss around, like, you know, live your truth. Cause I'm like, truth is some folks just, okay, you out here freestyling doing whatever, like, and that's your business, but like, don't pretend that that's some profound truth. Like you might just be out here twiddling your thumbs and like mm-hmm. <laughs> moving at random, but like to, to hold something is true and to say, Hey, these are the values I'm going to uphold. This is the life I'm going to craft. This is the vision I'm going to live out. I'm like, yeah, those are words to live by. A couple things here for me. I, I one, one is it's, it bothers me how comfortable we are with our desires bulldozing someone else's legacy say that because in 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 this whole dressing down of the production of black panther wakanda forever by folks who were um generally vocal again like it's 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 the internet so how many people it actually was i don't know i know a couple people personally who uh were saying these things so uh, from that standpoint, I it's 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 bothersome how comfortable we are with saying like because this doesn't fit my vision and my desires for this, then it it can't be a good thing, and it misses all that Chadwick Boseman contributed to the environment to the ability to to even have the first movie be what it was for it Mm -hmm. to be not only such um, a unifying force and like a collective joy that we shared when it came out in 2018, but also for, um, for us to, I, 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 I guess for, for us to get to a point where, um we could we could even have something so incredible so larger than life it 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 really hinged upon his vision his personal aura his artistry his expression and his relationships with the other folks that made the production come to life and it's so hollow and and, and inhumane for us to basically say you know get up in front of us and do a soft shoe with a new person in this role so that we can have what we want and so the second part i think is just our comfort with criticizing art before we even engage with it and having something negative to say or some reason why we're not going to to like it before it comes to us and not like right you know if if you decide for yourself that it's not going to be a good thing and you don't want it fine like there are certain certain art forms or albums or movies that I don't engage with immediately because they don't really fit what I would like to see but I'm also not trying to coerce other people into joining in for reasons that I'm not even sure are are real and justified, right? If you don't actually work, engage with it, how could you know? Facts. 
it's it's not enough to make sort of judgments and assessments from a distance. And I and I bear in mind, right, that Ryan Coogler is making those statements from a place of deep intimacy and engagement with not just these actors, but with these people, with these yeah. lives. With people he's in deep relationship with. Right. Someone he called friend. Yeah. Yeah, man. And so that that for me it it reflects. I mean, well, one, this is why everybody, everybody can't be out here creating in that way. Because it requires a kind of sensitivity, a clarity that this is bigger than just like your moment. It is indeed a legacy. Like Ryan Kugler makes decisions about the artistic direction of this next film on the basis of the thing that already exists, the world that's already there, the inheritance that's already come. And for whatever folk may think of how that plays out, what I do think is meaningful, what I do think is important is making a choice to stand for the thing you believe is true and saying, I'm gonna live this out and that the legacy of this work is not about what did people want or expect. It's about, you know, what did I believe in? And how did I then like live out and stay true to that belief? Right. Yeah, man. So we'll leave it there. This has been another episode of Black Men Unlearning. Thank you again for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Black Men Unlearning podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Men Unlearning and email us at blackmenunlearning at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts.